Listen to the word of God this morning. We're going to turn in our Bibles to Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter 6. We're going to be reading a, a few uh, verses there. Joshua chapter 6. If you can turn with me there this morning, amen. You know, as I said this morning, that, uh, you know, once you hit September, uh, Christmas is around the corner. And it's true because my wife, she was shopping the other day and she sent me a picture of uh, Christmas decorations and trees and stuff like that in the shops already. So indeed, Christmas is around the corner. And, I, you know, I love, uh, I love uh, Christmas. Um, but I remember growing up as a child, uh, all Christmas used to be about was receiving gifts. Now, I don't know who's with me in this place. Listen, Christmas was about receiving gifts because I loved receiving. That was what I lo- woke up for. I remember I woke up early. My dad would be singing those Christmas carols and so on. But all I'm interested in is receiving gifts. Because as humans, we like to receive. I don't know here if you don't like to receive things, but we like to naturally receive. And the thing about gifts is it's easy to understand. It's easy to comprehend. You give something, all I have to do is receive it. That's it about gifts. So I want to kind of make a spin on that this morning and understand about receiving things. In a sermon I've entitled, Getting What is Given. Getting What is Given. We're going to read, jump straight into our portion of scripture, Joshua chapter 6, verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Jericho was securely shut up. Because the children of Israel, also because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its kings and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Amen. Getting what is given. You see, I love this portion of scripture because it details one of my favorite battles recorded in the entire Bible. We understand Moses has gone on to be with the Lord and his successor. Joshua has now taken up the reins and he's leading the children of Israel just before the scripture I read. They passed or crossed over the Jordan River on dry land. God did a wonderful miracle and separated the water so they can cross over on dry land. And here they come to Jericho, the first place that they are to conquer. And God said, I've given it to them and they go out and send some spies we know this story they go they send spies and they find a woman called Rahab and Rahab takes in the spies and looks at the place hides them and said listen I understand God's given you but I want to define giving right now as the first point you see like I said in the beginning the idea of giving is all you have to do is receive 
That's the idea we understand of giving. And some of that is true, naturally speaking. Listen, if you were to give me a gift, you're going to prepare it and so on. All I have to do is take it from your hands. That's all I have to do is receive it. So we understand that it's a blessing. Sometimes here, I'm spoiled. Sometimes I walk into church and some people say, listen, I just want to bless you. Just the last week, uh, Brother John came and, and he cooked up some, some, some chicken gizzards and he stewed it up, put some onions in there. Say, I just want to bless you. Now, some of you may not eat gizzard, but listen, that was the best gizzard I've ever tasted in my life. Can you see this place? Come on now. And it was just nice. But what did I do to, I didn't do, I didn't have to do anything. He just came and gave me a, I was blessed. And he came and blessed me. Such a blessing. Uh, I think the same week, uh, Sister Basayo and, and, and Brother Yemi, they came and said, listen, would you bless you? They came me a bag of things. Now, I'm not saying this so you guys can give me gifts. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not throwing it out there, okay? I'm not just, I'm just giving you an example, okay? And that's what happens. But all I had to do was receive it. It was such a blessing. So we know how to receive gifts. The idea is that something is coming to you as opposed to you going to it. And the truth is we would prefer this because it's easier. I just have to sit here and the gifts come to me. Especially when, say, somebody, I've given you something. Well, we expect to have that then. Because the grammar used here, if I read out the grammar used in Joshua 6 and 2, it says, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho to you. You understand the grammar there? I've given it. It's in the past tense. I've given it to you. It's interesting. We didn't read it, but in chapter 2, Rahab, the lady I was talking about, said something similar in verse number 9 of chapter 2. She said this, I know that the Lord has given you the land. The grammar used here, it's in the past tense. I have given it to you. This is something that I have already done. And we understand to give means to freely transfer the possession of something to someone. That's how we understand giving. And so when the children or when Joshua heard this, the children of Israel heard this as well, they could have easily said, well, if God has given it to us, how comes we don't have it right now? And here lies the misunderstanding about God's system of giving. Right? As God said, I have given you this, we could easily say, well, I haven't got it yet. So where's what you said you've given it to me? Where is it? You know, we can read the promises of God, get excited about all that God has given us. But many times we're just sitting here waiting to receive when actually what God gives, we must go and get. Come on, I'll say that again. Sometimes you read the Bible, you see what God has given you, what God has promised to you and I, and you're like, okay, God, I'm going to see. Where is this? Because the only way we know how to get things that are given is we just receive. But I want to flip that on its head this morning and say, when God has given you something, that should inspire you to rise up and go and get what God has already given you. Can you say amen in this place? Come on now. We need to change the way, change the idea we think about when someone says, I give you something, especially when it comes to God. See, the natural course of things, if anybody gives you something, it's right here in the present. It's in the now. If somebody gives you something, it's talking about the present. But because God sits outside of time. Can you say amen in this place? He sits outside of this thing that governs us called time. The present that he gives is actually a prophecy. 
Come on now, when God says, I have given you something, he is prophesying something that is yet to come, something that is out there in the future. He's saying, I have given you, I've done all the work. Listen, all you have to do is go and possess it. Look at Genesis 15 and verse number eight. This is the Lord speaking to Abraham before he even changed his name. It says, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, to the river Euphrates. He said that to Abraham before he changed his name. He said that to Abraham before he even had children. I have given this to your descendants. Abraham's like, what, what descendants? Because when God speaks, he's speaking outside of times. So when he says, I have given you something, he's prophesying to you, this is what's going to happen. So if you read the word of God and you read a promise and says, I have given you something, you should take courage because you know that what God says is true. Can you say amen in this place? You should take courage because you know that my future is bright because the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords has said he has given me something. That means when we read Psalms, 91 verse number 11 where the Bible says he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways you should walk away straight to Noah that I can go that there is angels around me protecting me because God has given this to me in Isaiah 40 verse 29 where he says I give you power or I give power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength if you're feeling weak this morning you know that God has already given you power so you can stand up strong in Luke 10, 19, where it says, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. That means nothing is going to take you out when you say this morning that God is able to give you the power, the strength that you need. But you have to understand when God says, I've given you something, it is a prophecy for you to act up, rise up and go ahead and possess it. Can you say amen in this place? You see, the problem with this the problem with getting what is given is that sometimes we can be intimidated by the circumstances that we see in front of us to the point where it doesn't even look like God has given us anything at all. It doesn't even look like God has done what he said he's going to do. But we need to understand what God has said It is true regardless of what you see in front of you. Is in 1 Timothy 6 and 17, it says we need to trust in a living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Come on now. But the problem is you can read that and sometimes it can be hard to understand because when the energy bill gets posted through your door, come on, when the interest rates are skyrocketing right now, when it costs like a, a, a 50, 60 pounds to put petrol in your car, come on, when food prices, even Aldi, God bless him, are, are coming up now, when it comes, it costs you now 100 pounds to get what you used to get last month, when you look at that, this now looks all overwhelming. You say, God, I thought you gave me things all to enjoy. When you see the circumstances in life, it looks like God hasn't given us anything at all. What's fascinating about the story of Joshua, what inspires me about the story of Joshua is that we see that they go to a place, they go to a city that God has said he had given them. And the city is fortified beyond the normal fortification. 
Now, the thing is that I find interesting that Joshua was one of the, the, the 12, uh, 12 spies that went out originally in the book of Numbers 13 when Moses was still around. He sent out spies into the entire land. They walked the entire land looking at the cities to say, this is the promised land. Go and spy it out. He was one of those spies that went out. So no doubt he had already seen those walls of Jericho. He had already seen how intimidating they could be, but he still came back with a fantastic report and you have to understand the the miraculous viewpoint he had because in those days you look at the walls of Jericho they were not to be messed with they were made intentionally to stop people doing what they wanted to do they were built up intentionally so they could have looked at the walls of Jericho and say you know what nah this ain't God you said you've given us the land but look at these walls Number one, uh, verse number one of our text, it says, now Jericho was securely shut up. Now, the interesting thing about Jericho, uh, you know, we only have the Bible um, as a historical text for that particular city. Some, you know, other cities, we have other historical texts and so on, but the city of Jericho specifically, we only have the Bible uh, as historical text. But the funny thing is, is that what the Bible says is also backed up by archaeology. And that what it is, is that people go to the sites and they dig up the sites and so on. And, and it's fascinating. And sometimes uh, people can call me boring, but I find uh, uh, history fascinating. I find archaeological digs fascinating. All you got to do is do some research around the digs they did in Jericho. And you'll see it lines up exactly with what the Bible says. How many of the Bible's true? Can you say them in this place? But what they found is they found that Jericho was securely fortified. It was on a hill, first of all. I mean, any of you that know anything about warfare, if you are on a hill and your enemy has to come up to you, immediately you have the advantage. So Jericho was on a hill, number one. Number two, it had a a, a surrounding wall that was on top of the hill. It had an embankment that went down, and then there was another wall surrounding the embankment. And that wall was built on a stone wall that secured the embankment. So standing on the floor, looking up at Jericho, you're talking about 40 feet of wall. Somebody had to go up to this place and say, "Um, God God has given us this place. (laughs) This place that nobody can get to, God has given us. Looking at that wall, you may feel intimidated. You may think, God, um, I don't know, was it a city around the corner that you gave us? Because this one, I don't think we can get this. Can you say amen in this place? Looking at what they had to go through, what they had to push through, it was basically impossible. But God said, listen, I am going to give you that wall. I'm going to give you that city, sorry. But the city that God said, I'm going to give you, why did he have to give them a city that had like a 40-foot wall in front of it? It's simple, so that God can display his power for all to see. Can you say in this place? No 40-foot wall is going to stop God. Who believes that in this place? Come on, no boss at work is going to stop what God has already given you. Come on, no sickness or disease is going to hinder what God has planned for your life. No economy issue is going to stop what God wants to do in your finances. Listen, nothing is going to stop God. I believe God did that on purpose so that Joshua, the children of Israel, and everybody would know that there is nothing that can stop the power of God. If God said, I have given it to you, you best believe that is the truth. Can you say amen in this place? Come on now. Come on now. 
No 40 foot wall is going to stop what God is going to do. And it's fascinating. What I love about Joshua is that he did not get intimidated by what he saw, but he got inspired by what God said. Because many of us, sometimes we get intimidated by what we see. What we see in front of us, what we experience, the circumstances of life, we can get intimidated. But oh, if you could take the word of God and get inspired instead of intimidated. You can take the word of God and be inspired. See, it says here in verse number two, the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. I have given it straight to you. This is yours. This is yours for the taking. Get inspired no matter what it looks like. What promise has God promised you that you need to get inspired about again? Come on, what have you read recently in the word of God that you can get inspired about again? You need to understand what God has given you. You need to get up and go and get. Come on. It wasn't that Jericho was just pushed into their hand. They need to go and get up and get. Now, secondly, I want to talk about the methodology. I love this story. So how do you beat the mammoth task of getting up to a fortified city like Jericho? How did they do that? How did they get what was given to them? A few things. Faith, obedience, courage, and endurance. Come on now, if you don't remember anything in this sermon, when you take home faith, obedience, courage, and endurance. First of all, faith. Hebrews 11, verse number one, shows us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It would have taken faith for Joshua to believe the word of God, number one, for himself, and then have enough faith to tell other people. Now, there's many conversations. I wish I would have been a fly on the wall. There's many things. You know, when I get to heaven, I probably said this before, when I get to heaven, I I hope there's like a cinema room because there's things I just want to see. How did that play out? How did that happen? And this is one of those conversations because Joshua had to first have faith that, that what God had told him is true, but then he had to go and tell the generals of the army. Listen, generals, come, come, come. Priests, come, come. Listen, you see that city fortified. Now, these are warriors. They know how to fight. They know about uh, strategies and how to uh, get into lands and so on. He said, listen, what God has told me to do, what we need to do, that city right there, we need to go and walk around it. Grab your sword, grab your spear, grab your shield. Come on, grab your horn, grab everything. Tie up your shoes. We're going to go marching. I'm sure some generals, come on now, just think with me, put yourself in. I'm sure some generals, some big muscular generals would have said, hey, wait, Joshua, hey, are you sure, bro? <laughs> All we've got to do is walk around this. Listen, I've been fighting since I'm about five years old. You're telling me what I've got to do is walk around this? Yes, and on the seventh day, I want us to walk around seven times. He had to have faith to believe that and faith to then tell others. It's that type of faith when you can look people in the eye and say, don't worry, my God is going to deliver me. Come on, you say amen in this place. It's that type of faith when you can look the doctor in the eye when he's just given you a diagnosis to say, don't worry, I know somebody that can heal me. Come on now. It's that kind of faith. You look people in the eye when it doesn't add up. You say, don't worry, my God is going to protect me. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, we don't have no 
accommodation. We need to move out of our house next week. It's faith that looks someone in the eye and says, don't worry, my God is going to protect me. My God is going to provide for me. My God has got me. We need to have faith. Can you say amen to believe what God has called us to believe? Faith believes in a God who calls things which are not as though they are. Can you say amen in this place? So when God says, I'm going to give you that land, Joshua's like, well, I'm okay, I'm going to take that. You want us to walk around? Generals, this is what we're going to do. We're going to walk around. You have to have faith to believe it for yourself and faith then to preach what God has put in your mouth. The first step was faith. But we all know what James tells us in James chapter 2. He says, faith without works is... Come on, let's say it again. Faith without works is, is dead. So the faith is what gets you moving. The faith is what leads you somewhere. Faith goes on to our next thing, which is obedience. Faith led Joshua to be obedient. Now, obedience is simple to understand because all we need to know is that disobedience, the opposite of it, that's disobedience. We know that's going against what God has said. But it's important to note here that what gets in the way of our ability to obey is delay. I'll say that again. What gets in our way of our ability to obey is delay. I believe when God told Joshua this, he wasn't dilly-dallying around, thinking about, ah, okay, all right, next time we'll do that. Okay, you told me that, I'll do that next week or next month or something. Let me sort that. No, God told him to do something, and, and he did it. Many times God has told us to do things, and we're like, okay, it will fit into my plan at some point. At some point down the line, let me just do this and this first, and then I'll come and do that. Let me just go and do this, and I'll come and do that. Jesus called people to carry, and he had all sorts of excuses. Sometimes people say, listen, let me go bury my dead before I come follow you, Jesus. Let me bury my dad. What he was saying here is that in that time and that culture, when Jewish people said, let me bury my father, they're saying, my father isn't dead yet. Let me just wait for him to die, then sort that all out. That could be 5, 10, 15, 20 years before that happened happens, let me do my life first, and then when I'm old and gray, then I'll give you my life, Jesus. Come on. When I've done all I've wanted to do, then I'll give you my life, and, I, and, I, and I'll surrender over to you. No, God says something. He needs you to obey right here and right now. The best time to obey, or the best day to obey, is today. Can you say amen in this place? Come on. When we obey, we need to stand up and go. Jesus, Joshua didn't hesitate in following God's unorthodox method. Because, listen, it was definitely unorthodox. Because, because of the source it came from, Joshua said, I need to do that right away. If it was somebody else that said that, maybe, okay, maybe you can delay. But when God says it, all right, you need to do that straight away. There is no delay. And the thing that gets in our way of our ability to obey is delay. Let's drop what we're doing and say, God, I need you to guide me. So the first thing was faith that leads us to obedience. The other thing, the third thing is courage. You know, when you look at so the situation there, they're walking close to enemy lines. And I already told you that Jericho was on a hill. It would have been very easy for the, the people of Jericho to just look down 
throw a stone, conk him in the head, throw some arrows down there, take him out very easily. It would have taken courage to do what God had told him to do. It would have taken courage to go straight up to the enemy's camp and take what the devil stole back. Listen, that song we sing, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Listen, it takes some courage to go over to the enemy's camp. Can you say I'm in his place? But for some of us, that's exactly what God has called us to do. To take up and stand up and not just sit there and allow the enemy to come into our household, disrupt our family, come into our household with sickness and disease, come in and mess up our finances like a devourer, come in here and speak to people. Listen, we need to take courage to stand up and resist the devil. And the Bible says when we resist the devil, he will do what? Come on, he will flee from you. It will take some courage to stand up. I love the book of Joshua when they tell him, listen, Be courageous and be strong to do all that God has called you to do. When God has called you to do, you need to stand up with some courage and go and get what God has already given you. We don't need to be timid. We don't need to be scared of what the enemy might throw our way because what God has already given us, we need to go and possess. We need to go and do it with some courage. Can you say amen in this place? Come on, faith, obedience, courage. And the last one there is endurance. Chapter 3, in our, oh sorry, verse number 3 in our scripture. says these words, says, You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets, uh, trumpets of rams, horns before the ark. But the seventh day you should march around the city seven times. We understand just by reading that, the sheer uh, exertion that is put on. I don't know how long that march would have been. But day one, they get up and march. Day two, get up, put on their things and get up and march. Day three, get up and march. Now we understand God can do anything he wants at any time, any way he wants. So he could have made it so that day one, it would have been done, finished, over. Come on, he could have done that, right? He could have snapped his fingers, walls would have come down, God is good, everyone's celebrating. No, but six days. And then even on the seventh day, they had to do that seven times. Because sometimes when we're in the middle of things, maybe you're in day four of your journey. And you're like, man, I'm tired, man. I've been walking three days. This is the fourth day. Maybe you're in day six. You're like, man, I've been walking for five days and I'm still walking. Can I say the promise of God has not been diluted? Can you say amen in this place? What God has given you is still yours to go and possess. What you need in this Christian life is endurance. Listen, I don't know. Many people have different stories. It may take a month for you. It may take a year for you. But can I say, as you keep on marching around the city of Jericho, those walls will come down if you continue. Just think about this. What would have happened if they gave up on day six? Can you think about that? Or even on day seven, they've marched around three times on day seven. The fourth time saying, no, forget this. What would have happened? They still would have been outside the city of Jericho. Can I say to you, keep on marching, keep on going around, have some endurance, believe what God has said, and the walls will come tumbling down, and that's the day you can shout a shout of rejoice, keep doing what you're doing, because God is not man that he should lie, can you say amen in this place, come on now, 
Yes, we need to believe and have some endurance because there's coming a day when those walls will fall down flat. There's coming a day when we will shout all a rejoice and we will go up into the city and take what God has given us. We will possess what God has already put your name on. There's things that has your name on already. There's places, there's destination that has your name on it, but you haven't possessed it yet. All you have to do is possess it. Go and get what God has given you and has ordained. When God gives you something, it is a prophecy. Can you say amen in this place? I'm so encouraged that they walked the first day. They continued the second day. They persevered all the way to the seventh day. And on the seventh day, they believed God and walked around seven times that day. I'm encouraged because that is going to inspire me to keep on walking. Come on, that should inspire you to keep on marching. Maybe you came this morning, I don't know. Maybe God is speaking to someone here. Listen, you're at the end of your tether. You're thinking, I can't take this much longer. I can't continue on this way much longer. So much can I say. Oh, there is a city that's waiting for you. Can you say that in this place? All the obstacles in your place are going to fall down flat. If only you would continue. And as we see all throughout the Bible, with endurance, you would walk into destiny. If we stick it through, we will see what God has called us to see. When we're talking about getting what is given, it will require faith to believe, obedience to do, courage to do it with confidence and endurance to stick it through until you see that what God has called it to see. Can you say amen in this place? I want to finish off here finally talking about fallen walls. And again, the archaeology, and I find it fascinating, the archaeology actually uncovers evidence of the walls actually falling down. And this wasn't even Christian. You know, you might think, oh, it's a bias. There's Christians saying this is what happened. No, these are atheist people who are just archaeologists who just tell you as it is. This is what happened. We've done a dig, and we can say this used to be a city called Jericho. They had massive walls, and we can see by the way the bricks have fallen, literally the walls came tumbling down. Fascinating that you can read the word of God so true, and, it corro- and of course it corroborates because that's what happened. But I find it fascinating that that's exactly what happened. And in verse number 20, we see here, six, uh, chapter 6 and, and verse number 20. We didn't read it, but this is what happened here. It says, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. And the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. And they took the city. They took the city. I find that word or that phrase interesting. They took the city. How many know they took what God had already given? They just took what God had already provided. It wasn't them themselves. They kind of, out of their ingenuity, out of their, their, their skill, their, their great uh, uh, warrior uh, kind of fighting skills and so on. No, no, no. They just took what God had already left for them. Because after obedience comes providence. Come on, after we obey God, then comes the provision for what he wants us to do. Some people don't end up getting what is given because they're not willing to obey. 
But as we obey God, we're able to get what he had already ordained for us, what already had given us. We're able to do that as we obey. And if you may be thinking, well, why has he done this? Why doesn't he just give it to us like normal people would give us things? Well, the reason is he wants us to be involved in the, in the process of the transference of things in this world. He wants us to be involved in his work. There's many things that he's done all the hard work already He's done the things that was impossible for us to do. He just wants us to be involved in the transference of things in this lifetime. He wants us to be involved in his work. God has got some wonderful things for us as men and women of God. I find it interesting that they went up into the city. Because how many know the things that God has for us is always going to be higher than where we are. Can you say them in this place? They were down here. When the walls come up, they went up into the city. Come on, where you are right now, doesn't matter what level you are right now, the destiny that God has for you is always up and above where you currently are. Can you say I'm in this place? Right now, you're down in a miry clay. You're down in the filth. You're down in the dirt. But when the walls go down, God calls you up into destiny. Oh, right now, I see men and women. What I see right now is destiny in front of me. What has God got in your future? Who knows where you'll be, what you'll be doing in the next five Five or ten years if Jesus should tarry. But dare I say, if you obey, it's always going to be up. You're always going to be progressing up to what God has for you. All you've got to do is have faith to believe what he says is true. Can you say I'm in this place? You have to have the obedience to go and do what he's told you to do. You have to have the courage, not fear, because we know God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and a sound mind. Go and do it with courage. Oh, and you have to have the endurance to stick it through that when you go, when time is done, when all is said and done and we breathe our last, we can finally then take our last upward call into the place that God has been preparing for us. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not true, I would not have told you. We need to continue on. This Christian life is about getting what God has already given to you. Can you say amen in this place? One of the things I can't wait to hear is, I'm going to say, God, when I get to heaven, after like the thousands of years of just worshiping at his feet, after the thousand years of, uh, how many years is going to be? I say, God, can you show me that time when Joshua and the army, the seventh time they've completed the seventh lap and they blow that horn. Can you just show me the sound that they made? I just want to hear the sound that they made. And just for jokes, okay, run with me. Just for jokes, I want to emulate that sound this morning. Okay, just for jokes. So just think about what you're going through right now. Think about anything you've been praying for, for months, for years. Think about the, 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 the struggles that you're going through, whatever it may be. Think about all the things you're praying for. And I just want to just emulate. Listen, we've walked. We've been walking. Okay, now it's the seventh time. We've finished our seventh time. And now it's time for us to shout a shout of rejoice. So just for jokes, I just want to try and emulate that now. So I'm going to count to three, okay? 
And after three, I want us to pretend that we're walking around, that we see the ark of God in front of us. And we see Joshua in front of us. They blow that. And he says, he gives out the command to shout. And we're going to make a rejoicing shout for Jesus Christ. If you're asleep in this place, you're going to wake up in a second. Come on now. All right now. So after the count of three, I want us to shout a rejoicing. And we're going to see some walls tumbling down. Come on, who's with me in this place? Hold on. <laughs> that was premature. That was premature, and I haven't counted yet. Come on, I haven't counted. That was premature. Okay, we're gonna do this after three. One, two, three. May the walls tumble down. Can you say them in this place? Oh, whatever stood in your way, may you see victory right now. And we're going to go up into the destiny of God. Can you say them in this place? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, God is good. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, how we get what God has already given. We get up and we go and get it. 